Hey guys, so um, I'm just going to begin. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about um, is, it's pretty interesting. Um, usually when you talk to a priest or, you know, just listen to people talking about uh, the commandments of God, is explicitly uh, stated in the Old Testament, right? You get to uh, a point when someone says, for example, uh, intrinsic evil is evil that is basically that there's no circumstances or intentions that will make the act into a good act. So that is always evil, right? Basically, okay. So you're going to get that, right? And from that statement, people are going to say, I mean, priests, whatever, will probably tell you that, um, you know, uh, if whatever, like, God, basically they'll say, basically in quotes, um, God will never uh, command you to do something against His will. So they'll say that, right? And I guess you'll get that impression or maybe it's kind of misleading, maybe, that uh, that God will never command you to do anything against His uh, general commandments, as explicitly uh, stated, right? But then you have the problem where God commanded Abraham to kill his innocent child, right? Right? Regardless of, you know, people will say, oh, he was, f the child was 40 years old, or whatever, right? Maybe, maybe, um, he was, right? And he wasn't a young child, and maybe he agreed, but regardless, he was an innocent child. So, that would be murder, right? So, um, what I'm trying to say is, you, there's a distinction between when people say God commands right and god's law for example so you're gonna have um even if you read the old testament you have in the psalms people um talk about you know to listen to learn to follow god's laws and his commands and so they are different things right um when god commands something it comes from his rational i guess rat he is a basically the legislator of the laws so if he say command something that uh is clearly in a general sense in a formal sense against his law um yeah i mean first of all it is possible for that to happen, but here's the thing. You need to basically ask him for a miracle, and the explanation that St. Thomas gives about this whole kind of like an exception kind of thing is because you see it in nature, right? So, for example, um, you know, people are, most of people are right-handed, right? Okay, okay. 
And then you have someone who's ambidextrous. So basically you can use both left and right hand. Or... Mm, so he gives it that as an example, right? An exception to the general um, rule kind of thing. Um, when he's... When St. Thomas Aquinas speaks of uh, the law as written in the Old old Commandments, he's talking uh, those laws are meant for the majority of the people because basically the law is meant to enforce um, what the majority of people are doing badly, you know, if the majority of people are doing a certain thing that they shouldn't be doing according to God's law I mean God's justice right you would think that you know when he puts down a certain law it's because the majority of them shouldn't be I mean the majority of them are doing it and he doesn't want that to happen but that doesn't mean that he can uh, command someone to do actually go against that particular a cer certain thing right a certain law that was formally uh, placed for the Jewish people, for example, right? So not only Abraham, but you, then you have um, another prophet who was asked... Anyways, <laughs> um, I'm not even going to speak of that. But there is, there is um, other things that I can say, but uh, basically... Yeah, I mean, God is a legislator of the law that he gave. And so, he can, um, he can command someone to go against it. And in that command, it is just, because God is just, right? You can't just say, like, God is not below the law that he gives, right? You know, just as uh, because God is the law, um, God is justice, right? Just like, for example, we Catholics believe that although we believe that there is no salvation within the church, I mean, sorry, <laughs> there is no salvation outside of the church, okay? That is uh, something that we believe. But it doesn't mean that God uh, is kind of like subordinate to the church he is not subordinate to the church right the church is uh in the service of god and of course god can bring about salvation to anyone he wishes regardless of his in the church or not or outside the church right um yeah so that's one of the things um, and also, yeah, so basically like non-Christians, we believe that those who are not Christian or doesn't, do not need, like, actually ever realize the, un and truly understand what it is to be a Christian, because you have bad examples, right, of Christians. Um, anyways, those people that have Christianity, if they've... If they follow their, if they basically, if they're people of goodwill, if they seek the truth and want to do uh, the good that they find when they seek it, um, written in their hearts, and you know, it's always a constant, constantly um, uh, 
learning um what's it called constantly forming your conscience right um based on what you learn to be true um and obviously you have been sincere in learning right um anyways those cases people of goodwill those people will be saved god will save them um yeah so that's kind of what I want to talk about mm. yeah oh and another thing uh say thomas aquinas also speaks about um you know there's two two tablets in the commandments right so the laws that pertain to um the basically we call it the vertical laws the ones that pertain in the relationship with god and man and how we should um the relationship between us and god so god will never even give a command that will go against that um and you can see it in the bible for example he even says in the bible you know even if a miracle happens like when people were worshiping trees or something like that he was saying you even if a miracle happened like a tree would miraculously grow or something so quickly you don't you don't uh, basically don't worship anything other than him basically god right so he's kind of like saying even miracles should not uh, change the your worship towards him okay um as for the other things it's only st thomas aquinas that i um, I'm hearing from this from him saying that yeah the horizontal things from man um relationship between man and each other man and man you know um yeah a god can command something but he'll always he, he he'll give a miracle within that command probably I think that's what St Thomas is saying right because I mean you can't just assume everything in your prayers are from god right as i said before you need real real miracles evidence of god and not 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 even like so called phenomena but real miracles like as as for example for me the ones like in the bible the changing of essence you know moses uh was scared for example to go to egypt and tell pharaoh to let his people go and god showed him put your staff on the ground and god changed that staff into a an actual uh, that stick into an actual snake and then changed it back so basically god uh provides these kind of miracles the changing of essence things like that uh changing of water into wine you know things like that um so yeah okay okay So now I mean you even have in the synod of synodality you have the pope and people are thinking that uh the pope is going to formally change the commandments right of the catholic church but you the thing is the look if people are who knows maybe they're getting inspired by god for real right to go against the formal uh general commandments of god but the thing is this guys 
St. Thomas Aquinas says this, you, you cannot have the formal, F-O-R-M-A-L, you can't change the formal commands, the ones that are uh, given out to all the people, right, in a formal way. Although, you know, God can command someone to do something against the formal commandments, um, it's only for that specific individual for a certain reason regarding the mysteries of God and whatnot. Who knows, like, the why? But regardless, it's, no one should be even requiring or even should even ask the Pope for permission or blessings in a formal way because it's not going to happen that way. If, if it is from God uh, commanding it to do something against the commandments of God, in and of itself, it is a blessing. But the thing is, <laughs> you need to figure out, like, you know, is there a miracle to prove this? That really is from God, the Creator, right? So it's something that we shouldn't be asking the Pope or anyone in authority for this because it'll come straight from God through miracles, real miracles. <coughs> and in the end, guys... Um, Sorry about that. In the end, we all have to face God in the end, one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, so, I mean, it's up to you individually if you guys think that what you're doing is what God wants. Uh, it's up to you. You're the one going to be face-to-face -face with Him after you die, right? It's going to be you only with God only. And it's really that that you need to understand in terms of your eternal destiny, right? And it's always a better... See, <laughs> something that I heard once, I don't know exactly who it is, but someone said, God can do anything. He can create another entirely new universe. But you know what? One thing he cannot do is change your will. You, that is the thing that, like, he can move heaven and earth, you know. He can do so many miracles, uh, things you can, can't even imagine. But what one thing he can't do is make you decide. That's up to you, right? So <clears throat> when I'm thinking about, oh, God, please change what into what to, uh, to prove something for me, I am certain that, that is better. Like, God can't make me decide. So, making a creating some sort of miracle like changing water into wine, that's easy. That's easy. He created the universe. So that's easy comparing to making me do something. That is, uh, you know, he, 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 it's so important. To understand that he respects the freedom of individuals that he will allow individuals to <sighs> reject him forever and that's just how it is right because of how important freedom is for to love right okay all right guys i'm gonna so i'm gonna read something from uh summa theologia okay here we go as stated above, precepts admit of dispensation when there occurs a particular case in which 
If the letter of the law be observed, the intention of the lawgiver is frustrated. Now the intention of every lawgiver is directed first and chiefly to the common good. Secondly, to the order of justice and virtue, whereby the common good is preserved and attained. If therefore there be any precepts which contain the very preservation of the common good, or the very order of justice and virtue, such precepts contain the intention of the lawgiver and therefore are indispensable. For instance, if in some community a law were enacted such as this, that no man should work for the destruction of the commonwealth, or betray the state to its enemies, or that no man should do anything unjust or evil. Such precepts would not admit of dispensation. But if other precepts were enacted, subordinate to the above, and determining certain special modes of procedure, these latter precepts would admit of dispensation insofar as the omission of these precepts in certain cases would not be prejudicial to the former precepts which contain the intention of the lawgiver. For instance, if for safeguarding the commonwealth it were enacted in some cities that for each ward some men should keep watch as sentries in case of siege, some might be dispensed from this on account of some greater utility. Now the precepts of the Decalogue contain the very intention of the lawgiver, who is God. For the precepts of the first table, table, tablet, which direct us to God, contain the very order to the common and final good, which is God. While the precepts of the second tablet contain the order of justice to be observed among men, that nothing undue be done to anyone, and that each one be given his due. For it is in this sense that we are to take the precepts of the Decalogue. Consequently, the precepts of the Decalogue admit of no dispensation whatsoever. The slaying of a man is forbidden in the Decalogue, insofar as it bears the character of something undue. For in this sense, a precept contains the very essence of justice. Human law cannot make it lawful for a man to be slain unduly. But it is not undue for evildoers or foes of the commonwealth to be slain. Hence, this is not contrary to the precepts of the Decalogue, and such a killing is no murder as forbidden by that precepts, as Augustine observes. In like manner, when a man's property is taken from him, if it be due that he should lose it, this is not theft or robbery as forbidden by the Decalogue. Consequently, when the children of Israel, by God's command, took away the spoils of the Egyptians, this was not theft, since it was due to them by the sentence of God. Likewise, when Abraham consented to slay his son, he did not consent to murder, because his son was due to be slain by the command of God, who is Lord of life and death. For he it is who inflicts the punishment of death on all men, both godly and ungodly, on account of sin of our first parents, and if a man be the executor of that sentence by divine authority, he will be no murderer any more than God would be. Again, O C, by taking unto himself a wife of fornications, or an adulterous woman, was not guilty either of adultery or of fornication, because he took 
unto himself one who was his by command of God, who is the author of the institution of marriage. Accordingly, therefore, the precepts of the Decalogue as to the essence of justice with justice with which they contain are unchangeable. But as to any determination by application to individual actions, for instance, that this or that be murder, theft, or adultery, or not, in this point they admit of change, sometimes by divine authority alone, namely in such matters as are exclusively of divine institution, as marriage and the like. Sometimes also by human authority, namely in such matters as are subject to human jurisdiction. For in this respect, man stands in the place of God and yet not in all respect. All right, guys, that's the end of that quote. Long quote. So I think the key word in all of that whole sentence was um, what is due, the D-U-E. That word just keeps coming up and coming up uh, over in the sentence. And um, also that um, the the intention of the lawgiver is important, okay? And in this case... For the commandments of God, the tablets, it's it's God's intention, right? So, anyways, that's all I wanted to say. But you can see that uh, although we, they say in general sense that it's not dispensed, you cannot, God, no one can dispense from the commandments of God. In a sense, uh, it has that that statement has to be expressed in a deeper way and how they express it is, is the um, the determination by application to individual actions for instance that this or that is murder theft or adultery or not in this point they admit of change sometimes by divine authority alone namely in matters uh, that are exclusive to divine institutions and then for the other thing it was something else right but it's uh, it's it's honestly at first glance it's confusing <laughs> but uh this is how it goes right so as i said um the you can't really dispense from god's commandments so we shouldn't expect it we should not even expect the pope to be doing anything like that but uh determining by application to individual actions whether it is it is or isn't uh, murder or adultery or whatever, theft, okay? That, in some cases, can be uh, determined by divine alone, divine authority alone, right? And usually, as I said, usually that comes through a miracle to individual people, not the masses of everyone, but individual people, and that's just how it is. As you can see in the Old Testament, certain things like that. All right, guys. Uh, see you later. Bye-bye. Oh, before I leave, I want to mention, um, don't take this quote as meaning that uh, anyone can just become some sort of vigilante to execute justice on people. This has nothing to do with that. I'm not trying to talk about that. Um, what I am saying is that uh, when it comes to um 
people, you know, when it comes to the teachers of the faith and priests and all these people, uh, popes and things like that, there's only so much they're going to be able to change in terms of the law of God. Um, when we all pray to God for justice for the victims of these children of abuse, it may not come from the normal mode of justice, right? Like, for example, through through um, the police or through other things like the legal and all that stuff. It may, of course, that's a normal way of it happening, but it may not be the case that uh, uh, it will happen, right? Um, I'm not ta even talking about myself. I'm just saying, like, if God calls someone to execute justice, you would have to ask God for real miracles to uh, prove that it's from God. For example, I mean, even, like, to execute something, just tell him to bilocate you <laughs> to that person so that you can execute the justice, if that's possible, right? Like, bilocation is something of divine nature. Uh, so that one is, for example, that's something that you can ask for. Uh, to, and that's a good way to kind of like stop from thinking that you can, uh, you can become some sort of vigilante or something like that, you know, uh, because you don't know, you don't have absolutely no idea. If it's from God, you can ask God through His power that only God can do to uh, prove that it's from God that you're being called to execute certain justice. Right, so it's kind of like a safeguard uh, when you are those who want to be close to God and want to do His will. You can ask Him to protect you from being tempted to do not His will, right? By asking Him for miracles that only He can do and no one else can do for you to um execute his justice if that's what he wants right but it won't come through your normal natural mode of kind of like um abilities kind of thing anyways i think that's the best way to explain certain things and maybe you know maybe what i'm gonna do is for the my garden angel game i'm gonna probably maybe i'll create some sort of character that um as you all know that um, this Guardian Angel game is going to take place in a dream of a person. <laughs> and because of that, um, it gives me the ability to create, be creative in a sense. Um, to create a story that is not truly real, but at least will teach the faith. So for example, in the dream, I can have someone like a human, okay? who who uh is asked by god to execute justice and maybe god will prove in this way by uh by locating this person to the you know the perpetrators in this case pedophiles and they will execute justice you know uh in that way um the children at least younger children will at least understand the faith in its entirety and know that uh, priests, nuns, bishops, whoever who have these high authority, they are not um, they are not 
what's it called? They are not immune to the justice of God for doing bad things, you know. And in this way, at least the children will learn, and maybe, hopefully, they will be able to be more open to tell the parents that hey, father is doing something bad to me, or bishop is doing something bad to me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Unless it's um, explicitly shown that uh, these clerics are not uh, above. The law of God, um, yeah, no, the the kids will remain silent. So this is the purpose of why I'm even putting this podcast is not for people to become vigilantes or self-proclaimed uh, executors of God's justice. Is not is not this is not the reason I'm doing this. All right, so that's gonna be probably what's gonna happen in the game. And that's all I want to say. All right, guys, see you later. God bless. Have a good one.